future, when inflation is defeated, a 2% rate of inflation could be deemed as hyper and unacceptable because only deflation would be acceptable. It might be hard to fathom now, but think of it this way. If the world is progressing and things are getting better, why would you accept a price increase? Hi, welcome to Small Business Big Bitcoin, the show where we talk about what Bitcoin means to small business owners and how small businesses can integrate Bitcoin into their companies. I'm Aaron. Today I'm reading an article by Ryan Gosha that explains Jeff Booth's deflation thesis. If you haven't read Jeff's book, The Price of Tomorrow, I suggest you do. Jeff argues two key points in his book. One, that technology is causing price deflation and increasing unemployment. And two, increased global debt, including massive government spending, is causing inflation. This increased inflation is outweighing the forces of deflation in almost every area of our lives, and those that are able are fleeing to hard assets in equity markets, real estate, and some even to Bitcoin. As a business owner, I believe in true capitalism, or as Jeff says, quote, where risk is rewarded and punished, and where the free market is the ultimate referee of your value. That is why it pains me so much to see it breaking down, unquote. Jeff goes on to say, quote, technology should be driving everything cheaper, but rent, housing prices, fuel, food, and many other costs are rising, driven by an enormous rise in credit and debt. Debt combined with deflation is a toxic combination because borrowers have to pay the same for their interest payments while earning less, unquote. And with that, let's move on to Ryan's article. Explained. Jeff Booth's Deflation Thesis by Ryan Gosha Technology and innovation are deflationary, claims Jeff Booth in his book titled The Price of Tomorrow, Why Deflation is Key to an Abundant Future. Deflation is the general decrease in prices. But wait, all my costs are going up. My rent has gone up, my food has gone up, my light bill has gone up, my transport costs have gone up. I don't see the deflation. I look around and all I see is inflation. That's because central banks have been fighting the deflation that is everywhere with vast doses of money supply, which have unfortunately all ended up hiking asset prices, food costs, and transportation costs. Deflation is the major driving force and inflation is reactionary. Inflation is a distortion of reality. Quote, Inflation, purposely created by central banks, shows up in the things that matter. Deflation, inherently created by technology, shows up in the prices of things that don't really matter. Deflation is in the technology products. The cost of TVs has gone down over the years. The same has happened to fridges and cell phones. In his book, Jeff Booth gives an example of the first cell phone he used, which cost $2,000 at that time, but now he can pay $500 for a cell phone that is 10x better than the first generation ones. That is deflation. You pay less and you get more. Two deflationary effects in one product. Smartphones have dematerialized many products and allowed us to obtain utility for close to zero price. When you buy a smartphone in 2021, you are essentially paying for the following products all at the same time. 1. A telephone, 2. A camera, 3. A scanner, 4. A banker, 
five, a small television, six, a dictionary, seven, a map, eight, a radio, nine, a letterbox, ten, a calendar, eleven, a watch, twelve, a diary, thirteen, a bookshelf or file storage system, fourteen, a set of board games, chess, backgammon, cards, etc., fifteen, a magazine. By paying the price of a smartphone, you get to derive utility from all of these other dematerialized products. Pay less and get more. This is massive deflation. It is nearly everywhere except in the basics, food, housing, and transport. Photographs, pictures, have become free to capture and store. These were costing an arm and a leg a few decades ago. The letter, which required us to pay a postage fee, has been replaced by email, which is absolutely free to use. The cost of communicating with each other is deflating. The price of communication over long distances has become very close to free. Down from costing a fortune a few decades ago, there is massive deflation taking place right now on the communications technology front. Technology is rushing to make communications free. Cell phone voice calls are fastly being replaced by voice over IP, which is free as long as you have data. The price of data bundles has been going down every year as well. That is deflation. The declining SMS and call revenue lines for mobile network operators are evidence of the effects of deflation. Zoom is eating into business travel tickets. The annual Zoom subscription for a business is far lower than airline tickets. Thus, the end goal can be achieved whilst paying less. That is deflation, happening via substitute products. Wages are also deflating. Labor is fastly being replaced by machines. The price of labor has gone down over the years. This dynamic explains why the rich, owners of means of production, get richer, whilst the poor, those who sell their labor, get poorer. Whilst the returns on selling labor are getting smaller, the returns from deploying capital into machinery and tech are getting bigger. The dynamics of declining wages is easier to notice when observed as an aggregate rather than on a personal basis. On a personal level, those employed would have witnessed an increase close to the CPI. However, on an aggregate basis, if a company lets go of one employee and does not replace him or her with another, the share of wages on the OPEX has declined. In short, the total amount that the company forks out to pay for labor has declined. That right there is deflation. The deflationary effect on wages would not be painful if the things that mattered were also deflating, i.e. housing, food, and energy. Inflation of the basic necessities is actually wage deflation. Your wage has been forcibly deflated. You effectively earn less. Quote, Inflation is man-made. Deflation is natural. It is a result of the competitive effects of a market economy and technological advancement. Let nature take its course. Unquote. Keynesians must be arrested for peddling a lie that human societies cannot live abundantly in a deflationary environment. They view deflation as a problem. Of course, when wages are deflating, it appears to be a problem. But the reality is, it's not really a problem if everything else is deflating. The desire to create unnatural inflation is the problem. Where is the inflation? Currently, all of the inflation forcibly created by central banks is ending up in a few places. It is flowing into the following areas. 1. Equity markets. 2. Real estate. 3. Food. 4. Energy and transportation. 
food. There are several technological breakthroughs that will bring food production costs down. Food prices are rising, but on an average, the world is a better place than it was five decades ago in terms of food production. We are generally eating more for less. If it weren't for the artificial inflation created by governments, we would have been in an even better position. Mass production in a mechanized way has allowed us to be in a position where huge city populations are sustained and fed by a small number of mega farmers. Precision farming, vertical farming, nano farming, and the use of lab-created foods such as artificial meat will dramatically alter food production costs to a level where food cannot easily suck in the inflation created by central bankers. In short, in this area, deflation will eventually overpower inflation. The short-term trend is rising food prices, but the long-term play is declining food prices. The short-term rise in food prices is sometimes attributed to growing populations and supply constrictions. Whilst these might be true, the biggest factor, however, is and always has been monetary expansion. In the next 20 to 50 years, food will continue to suck in inflation because inflation has to go somewhere. Even though deflation is a strong undercurrent, inflation will continue to reign supreme in this area. Inflation is forced upon food by governments. Energy and transportation. Inflation is massive in energy and transportation. Oil prices were going up every decade. We are yet to witness peak oil price and demand probably around 2030. Oil will be replaced by currently even more expensive renewable energies. This is inflationary. However, the long-term trend in this area is deflation as well. Over time, renewable energy costs will go down, EVs will take over, energy generation will be decentralized. These dynamics are deflationary. Equity markets. Inflation is massive in the equity markets. Just look at the stocks of big tech companies. Tesla went up 700% in 2020, and value investors are protesting that the prices do not make any economic sense. The underlying dynamic at play is not about value, it's about inflation. Within the equity markets, inflation is concentrated around tech companies, which occupy a big weight in the market cap. Everywhere else, the prices are stable or deflating. Old, non-tech companies are gradually getting delisted as their markets are transformed by technology. In his book, Jeff Booth emphasizes the importance of tech stocks as an instrument in the financial markets that will retain the ability to suck in inflation for a while. Real estate. Real estate has inflated at an astonishing rate in the past five decades and is now regarded as a threat to economic stability. House prices reached a lofty height in 2008, unreachable to many citizens. Lenders were regarded as reckless because they extended mortgages to people who were not creditworthy. That is the narrative. No one wants to question why a vast majority of the population was not creditworthy. It's because inflation had driven the prices to lofty heights. The housing market crash that ensued is deemed as the cause of the problem. It led us to the financial crisis. This is a gross misdiagnosis. The crash is not the problem. It's an effect, actually a solution. Raising house prices to lofty heights is the problem. Artificial inflation created by Keynesian central bankers flows into real estate. This article, Global House Prices, Time to Worry Again, from the IMF, frames the problem nicely. 
And what's included here is a chart of rising house prices from 2000 through to 2016. Uh, indicating the global house price index is almost back to its level before the financial crisis. The supply of houses has been constricted, so the artificial inflation will continue flowing into that space, causing huge rallies and sudden crashes, leading the globe into financial crises after crises. However, there are some dynamics starting to play out that might change the course of events. COVID-19 has accelerated the work-from-home thing, if it's here to stay, it will decongest business districts, leading to a fall in commercial real estate, as well as decongest cities as workers can even work from rural areas with internet connectivity, leading to a fall in city house prices. Technology slowly pushes its strong deflationary power into real estate. Another long-term 50 to 100 years dynamic is playing out on the supply side, Construction technologies are evolving very fast. 3D printed homes could lower the cost of house production dramatically. If and when it happens, it will be very deflationary. If technology has its way in housing, its way is deflationary by the way, then where will all the inflation created by central banks go? Inflation has to go somewhere. I think the housing market will be the final frontier where deflation will battle out inflation. It's the Armageddon, the final battle between good and evil. Deflation has been going around in circles, eating into the areas of life that don't matter. Inflation has been giving in, losing territory in areas that don't matter, such as the price of a camping torch and deodorants. These two giant economic forces have to finally fight it off in the most important area of life, housing. The final battle is unlikely to happen in our lifetime unless if technology accelerates phenomenally. But when it happens, deflation will likely win. What will central banks do when the artificial inflation has nowhere to go? Once inflation is defeated, it's defeated for good. The central bankers cannot inflate anymore without destroying the currency. Any wanton increase in the money supply will destroy the currency. This could play out via people choosing a deflationary currency or via hyperinflation. The definition of hyperinflation itself will change. Currently, the standard is any rate above 50% is deemed hyperinflation and unacceptable. At that rate, people lose faith in a currency. In the future, when inflation is defeated, a 2% rate of inflation could be deemed as hyper and unacceptable because only deflation would be acceptable. It might be hard to fathom now, but think of it this way. If the world is progressing and things are getting better, why would you accept a price increase? If things are getting better, we should witness price decreases and we should expect them. When inflation has nowhere to go, one, interest rates will be near zero because a deflationary environment has a built-in interest rate. A dollar tomorrow is worth more than a dollar today. Two, monetary easing does not flow into the economy. Artificial inflation has nowhere to go. Banks aren't lending. For example, the Fed can go burr with monetary easing, but money in the real economy gets created when banks lend. If banks don't lend, then inflation has nowhere to go. It stays within the banking sector as reserves. 3. Any inflation is deemed unacceptable. People will refuse to accept inflation. 
pockets of the economy are already complaining about a 2% rate of inflation. They are migrating their monetary balances to gold, silver, and cryptocurrency. Are we there yet? Sounds like we are getting there. The Wealth Divide Inflation of the basic necessities is actually wage deflation. Inflation of asset prices means wage earners cannot keep up the pace. We have two sets of big forces dividing society into two sections. The inflation created is benefiting those who own assets while depriving those who don't. The rich own assets and the poor don't. The rich get richer and the poor get poorer. This has always been true, but the rate at which the rich are getting richer has never been this fast. Same as the rate at which the poor get poorer. It's a system rushing to extinction, run to destruction. In the major cities of the world, a simple worker can no longer afford to buy the cheapest house anymore. A few decades ago, the average worker could easily reach for the cheapest house. Rent, food, and transportation have risen to a level where they leave the average worker with no disposable income. A few decades ago, this wasn't the case. As central bankers print money trying to fight deflation, more of that money concentrates in the hands of the few who own real estate, equities, and other stuff that rich people own. At the same time, more money is taken from the poor who have to pay high rentals and high food prices. How long can this go on? People know there is something wrong. People feel squeezed. They know things are not working the way they're supposed to. They may not be able to diagnose the specific source of the problem, but they can feel the effects. The wealth divide continues unabated. It's a vicious cycle. One, the more technology and innovation accelerate, the more powerful the deflation is. Two, powerful deflation has to be fought with large doses of money supply, inflation. Three, inflation drives the poor deeper into poverty and benefits the rich. Four, the rich take all of this sad money and invested in technologies and efficiencies that replace labor. Back to square one. Example. 1. Amazon gets innovative in dematerializing retail, driving prices down, driving wages in retail down, and forcing other retailers to shut down, killing the jobs of many workers in retail. 2. Now the Treasury and Fed have to print billions of new monies to counter the deflation and bail out investors who lost their investment in collapsing equity of retailers, pay benefits to the unemployed, etc. 3. These billions of new monies given to hedge funds and the unemployed are actually deflating the wages of currently employed citizens. Housing goes up, food goes up, and most importantly, Amazon shares go up, driving the market cap from $500 billion to $1.7 trillion. So the rich, Jeff Bezos, landlords, get richer. 4. At a market cap of $1.7 trillion, Bezos has unlimited access to credit, new money. He is sitting on a massive pile of old money as well. He can take all of this sad old and new money and invest in warehouse automation, advanced AI, and drone delivery technology. These new investments yield efficiencies that replace labor from Amazon's value chain leading us back to square one. In this case, point one. The end game. 
Something has to give. Technology and innovation are not going to give in. Either the government or the currency has to give in globally. At some point, you cannot have a functionally stable government and an inflationary monetary system at the same time. A deflationary world requires a deflationary monetary policy. Society itself has to reset. As technology relentlessly pursues the agenda of eliminating labor from value creation chains, society has to find a way around distributing value based on the price of labor. I would definitely recommend reading Jeff Booth's book, Ciao. The Small Business Big Bitcoin Podcast is sponsored by Victoria Kayak Tours and Rentals. Located in beautiful downtown Victoria, British Columbia, we accept Bitcoin and Lightning payments. Check us out at victoriakayak.com.